Father, how grateful we are for this holy night where we commemorate our Lord Jesus instituting the Holy Eucharist and modeling for us the supreme example of servanthood, even knowing in just a few hours he would be nailed to a cross. Lord, even in this hour, take us more deeply into the mystery of the Eucharist and the cross and more fully align our hearts and minds with you and your will. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good evening again, everyone, and thank you once again for joining us for our Monday, Thursday commemoration and Holy Eucharist. We'll be looking at our gospel reading from the 13th chapter of St. John's gospel. So I would invite you to turn in your Bibles or on your devices to John chapter 13. This is a reading which recounts some of the events which are central to this night. The night on which our Lord was betrayed. The night on which our Lord gave us the holy feast of the Eucharist. And the night on which our Lord laid aside his outer garments and took up a towel. There is such an array of profound truths in these 15 verses from John chapter 13. And I pondered exactly what the Lord would have me focus on for this night this year. Especially in light of the times in which we are living. What I want to focus on is what Jesus was in a sense laying down or setting aside on this night that we commemorate. And also what Jesus took up and how that applies to all of us in times such as this. So a little bit of background. Jesus is on the cusp of launching into his most extensive teaching to his disciples recorded in all of John's gospel. These events from our gospel reading are sandwiched between, if you will, this extensive teaching which Jesus is about to give known as the upper room discourse and Jesus teaching about his identity as the good shepherd in John chapter 10, a teaching which is also significant for our focus this evening. Jesus through this act of washing his disciples feet gives us a poignant example of self-sacrifice by way of background By way of background, we need to remember that people in that day walked everywhere. Their feet were soiled, often filthy with mud and dirt from the roads. But remember, they didn't have good sanitation either. So their feet were also at times covered with animal waste and even worse than that. Foot washing was a task reserved for the lowliest of household servants or slaves, those at the very bottom rung of the social ladder. In this act reserved for lowly servants or slaves, Jesus is pointing us to what is to come in just a few short hours in his suffering. And the interspersing, if you will, of foot washing with betrayal in this one setting clearly points to his impending death on the cross. Both Craig Keener and Raymond Brown, whose commentaries are generally regarded as two of the preeminent commentaries on John's gospel, point to the significance of the words of verse 4, where I want our focus to be this evening. 
In verse 4, Jesus laid aside or laid down his outer garments. And in this verse, Jesus also takes up a towel. While these terms may not at first glance conjure up images of sacrifice, both Keener and Brown are quick to point out that the only other place in the Gospels where these specific Greek terms are used in conjunction are used together besides John chapter 13 is in John chapter 10 verses 17 through 18 where Jesus speaks of laying down his life. John 10 verses 17 through 18 tell us this, the words of Jesus. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down from of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. So what is it, what it is in this action? So what is it in this action of Jesus in verse four? What does that action point to for us? Well, first he is laying aside the role and the prerogatives of the master and the head. Second, Jesus in a very physical sense moves from the center of the group to a place of isolation. We need to remember that it was customary at the Passover as these disciples were seated for people to have been seated in somewhat of a circle reclining on couches with their heads in toward a center table. And their feet pointed outward away from the center out to the fringe out to the perimeter. To wash his disciples feet Jesus had to stand up off the couch where he was resting on his arm which was not any longer the position of host or banqueter. And he had to move very literally and figuratively to the outside of the circle in order to wash their feet. For a patron or person of any social standing, such an action as this was unthinkable. You didn't do this. This was what the slave, this was what the lowest servant in the household did. And yet we see Jesus doing it. And then finally, in this act of service, Jesus points us to the reality of the price that he is ready to pay for those disciples and ultimately for you and me as well. His action here echoes his words in John chapter 10, verse 11, where he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In so many words, Jesus sets aside what is rightfully his, his as God, the son, the eternal son before all time and all ages. But what is it that Jesus takes up as he lays aside his outer garments? Specifically, what is it that he takes up for you and for me? Well, he takes up, he embraces, if you will, the role of a suffering servant, knowing full well that this meant what this meant and what it was leading to ever so quickly. And while those witnessing his actions in that moment were clueless to the magnitude of the moment they were witnessing, Jesus was also fully embracing the reality of his impending sacrificial death for the sins of the world. 
laying down his wife life willingly so that he could take it up again three days later in the resurrection. In John chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus says, no one takes it. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, fully takes on the role of a humble, obedient servant through this act of foot washing. In this moment, all the disciples did not understand it. They were witnesses to a rare unfolding of the authority and the glory of the incarnate word and a rare declaration of the father himself, as scholar F.F. F. Bruce has observed. Through his example, and then through the power of the resurrected Jesus, just a, in just a few days, these disciples were given the example, the example of what their lives could and must look like through the power of Jesus himself. In Philippians chapter two, verses five through eight, St. Paul reminds us, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, And being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. There is so much to learn and to apply in our lives from this rich passage of scripture. Certainly, Jesus calls us to be servants. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 20, Jesus said this, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus calls us. Jesus empowers us to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel. And while that does not seem like an imminent reality in a literal sense for us in Northern Virginia right now at this moment, It is a very real reality, a very real possibility for countless believers around the world in this very hour who face severe persecution and suffering and torture and death for the cause of Christ. And tragically, this goes on every day in the world. Yet on the same night that he washed his disciples' feet, Jesus spoke these words to them and to believers throughout the ages. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. I did not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Jesus sends us into the world. As I've reflected upon the current crisis, which we are facing, God has challenged me to reframe some of my thinking and change my perspective on some things. To reframe, reframe things more fully in light of the gospel and what Jesus, the suffering servant, did for us and what he modeled for you and for me as believers. 
especially to reframe my thinking in light of the realities that so many believers around the world live with every day. And in light of the magnitude of the health challenges faced by people around the world who are precious, precious in the sight of the Lord. Certainly there are very real health concerns for our community in the present. And there are very real and substantial financial concerns. These are issues which we are all, excuse me, these are issues which we all need to be lifting up, lifting up fervently to the Lord in prayer because these issues profoundly impact the lives of large numbers of people in significant and lasting ways. Beyond our local setting, though, because of the economic impact of the COVID-19 crisis, there are people around the world who are going to face the prospect of homelessness and hunger and even starvation. If you think that's an exaggeration, just talk with missionaries serving in the two-thirds world. I've spoken to two of them in the past several weeks. This is a very real crisis, an existential crisis for people that they serve. We need, brothers and sisters, to pray fervently. And we need, we need to do all that we can through every other means possible to minister to those around us and around the world. But we also need to reframe our thinking here in Northern Virginia, the world in which we live. Because much of what you and I are dealing with in reality in our own context is much more of an inconvenience than anything else. And so much of what we are struggling with as an inconvenience really relates to disappointments, things perhaps that we want to do or not able to do or participate in that seems significant in the moment. But beginning with me as we ask God to reframe and give us a broader perspective, to give us a worldwide perspective and a God-wide perspective, let me challenge us in some simple ways to follow Jesus' example in the midst of all of this turmoil. Let's ask him together to reframe and broaden our perspectives that we would come to the place of being truly okay with and even willing to lay down some of our temporal concerns, those things that we might not be able to do, those things that we can't participate in that may seem important right now. The relative isolation that we're experiencing to, to lay those things down. Acknowledging that we are disappointed, but in the end, in the scope of things worldwide, in the scope of life, in the scope of eternity, those things really aren't that big of a deal. And in exchange, may we take up an ever greater measure, the heart of a servant, following the example of our Lord by his grace. And as he reframes and more fully orders our perspectives, may he not only give us joy in laying things aside, but may he fill us with thanksgiving that we would take up the role of a servant and that we would take up hearts of thanksgiving and joy for all the blessings that we experience even right here, right now in the midst of this crisis and for all of the blessings of his faithful provision. For indeed he is faithful and he is indeed our provider. And may he fill us above all else with thanksgiving and joy and gratefulness for the fact that Christ, the master servant, laid down his life for us so that we can live eternally through him. 
Let us pray. Father, you are our faithful God. And we are mindful of the words of Jesus that he prayed that we would not be taken out of the world, but that we would remain in the world as the people of God. Lord, change our hearts. Change our minds where we need to be changed. Lord, bring us to repentance where repentance is necessary for even selfishness and self-centeredness over trivial matters in the scope of life and eternity and what people in our community and around the world may be facing. And Lord, transform our hearts that we would lay down and no longer cling to the things of this world and that we would take up the heart of a servant even more fully in the steps, in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus and that we would be filled with joy and gratefulness and thanksgiving because you are our loving ever faithful God. And we ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen.